Hello and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Logistics. And joining us once again is ACFS CEO, Arthur Zaneros. Arthur, welcome. Good morning. Well, Arthur, it's been quite some time since we last spoke. I think it was in and around Christmas. What can you tell us about the last six months? Traditionally, a slower period for trading. Uh, traditionally, it is a, a slower period, um, but this six months has been like no other. It's been trading at roughly you know, what we would call traditional peak volumes, and uh, Chinese New Year period uh, was definitely a shorter period this year, and volumes, uh, as I said, have been trading at peak period volumes. What have the factors been in around peak periods at this time of year? Uh, it just seems that uh, consumers um, have been buying up big. You know, there's obviously been government handouts. Uh, people aren't uh, taking holidays. Uh, so they seem to have that expenditure available to, to spend potentially on their own homes, white goods, brown goods, cars, food even, um, or just uh, general uh, accessories. So it's fair to say a lot of this is COVID-related? It, it is COVID-related. But I, I just go back to the fact that people seem to have the expenditure, and, and, and not all people, but people that are, that are in jobs and, and still earning what they used to. Um, there's no doubt that some people um, in some industries are a little worse off than what they were before. But as a whole, uh, we are seeing expenditure at an all-time high by the consumer. And Arthur, what are some of the other trends that you've noticed with customers over the past six months? I think we've seen a, a change in their business models. They're definitely bringing uh, cargo in earlier. So the just-in-time model that we saw post-GFC up until COVID, so it's a fair period of time. Every supply chain got lean, and you know there's some lean principles out there that um, some companies have employed over time. The whole industry's turned that on its head, uh, and what we have seen is everyone bringing orders forward, not taking the risk of... Uh, shipping delays, not taking the risk of inventory supply from the factories uh, at the other end, and having stock available at this end in Australia. And whether you know it used to be a, a national distribution model, we're also now seeing a, a state-based distribution model. So that's definitely been a change. The, the other key point um, is, and I, I heard these particular words from a customer, and they still resonate, is that they said that customers give you one chance at running out of stock. They won't give you two. So what, what you won't see is these particular retailers running out of stock on their shelves as they got caught out during the COVID period. I think it's fair to say that amongst the greater community, there's been a lot of challenges. What are some of the challenges you've seen within the industry? The, the most problematic issue um, that probably has to be highlighted, I'd say, is probably the, the waterfront industrial disputes not coming to a resolution in the various terminals or and or companies, for that matter. Whilst we've seen great progress amongst some of them, uh, DP World has, has settled theirs, um, which is positive. I believe VICT has recently settled theirs, and Hutchison, I understand, is either close and or complete. Um, but we still have Patrick's out there that is that is far from from complete, you know, and they have a very good portion of of market share in the industry, which is very concerning. Another common issue is the rolling of cargo by shipping lines. Uh, so a, a customer is ordering goods, uh, containers at the other end. They book a ship and then they get rolled. That's having a, a consequence on the logistics supply chain at this end. Companies like ACFS 
are dealing with urgent cargo goods on a regular basis now. So it's not just the odd box or two. Uh, we're, we're now talking double digits of of shipments coming in where they're, they're running out of stock. And that goes back to my previous point about trying to bring inventory forward to cater for that. We're also seeing higher storage of FCL volumes um, in the ACFS facilities. And what that means is uh, if, you, if you can just think about containers being as as pieces or Lego blocks within a facility and you're chasing a certain container, you have to move containers to get to them. And when the stacks get thicker and more dense, the supply chain slows down. And that's something that a lot of customers out there in the industry don't acknowledge and or appreciate because they just believe that the container's very easily accessible. So that that's what you're dealing with in the industry at the moment. There is a lack of container equipment um, globally. Again, something that a lot of people don't know of. That is a lack of containers to actually put cargo in. So, you know, with a a boom of industry and or requirements in from Asia to America um, to Europe in general, um, which are a high profit trade lanes for shipping lines, they're getting a preference of stock container stock comparison to Oceania, which is uh, Australia and New Zealand. So that is becoming an issue, um, getting container stock um, available to Australian importers and also to Australian exporters. What we are seeing is shipping lines um, needing to get containers back to Asia so quickly, they're not necessarily making the containers available to Australian exporters. So this is something, again, it's another factor um, for Australian exports, we're not a huge exporting nation. Our biggest export is empty containers, and that'll continue to be the case while some um, import trade volumes uh, are so big and so strong. And the last thing I want to touch on is is COVID. Um, and whilst we've been managing COVID for an extended period now, um, you know, since February, March last year, and primarily that that situation at its worst was dealt in uh, the state of Victoria, um, where we saw the sanitisation protocols put in place, as well as a number of others. What we are seeing is the variant of COVID and the Delta strain, which this year is um, we're dealing with primarily now in New South Wales, is is an airborne variant and is adding real risk and is changing the processes that we thought were, were fairly strong. We've uh, last year implemented um, off-site and on-site essential um, staff and what we're now having to do because of the Delta variant, we've actually had to create two crews on the on-site essential. And that is because the, the variant is airborne. And if we are, if anybody does become a casual and or close contact, we need to have a plan B for those on-site staffing, which primarily probably look after our transport fleets and allocate our transport fleets, uh, being an essential service uh, industry that we are in. People just expect cargo to turn up um, yep. and they don't necessarily understand how that actually happens and, and or from where it happens. They just expect it to happen. And and we just got to make sure that those services continue um, with every challenge thrown at us. So still some challenging times ahead. Uh, look, there are indeed. And, and every day um, there is different challenges. Um, and I can tell you there's some sleepless nights not just for myself, but the extended management team and even the working crew must be thinking about what does tomorrow mean. Well, let's change gears now on a more positive note. It seems ACFS have continued to heavily invest. In particular, there's some new sites, site expansions, 
uh, equipment and technology. Can you give us a bit of an update on some of these? Going through the states, uh, if I can, in regards to expansion and development, uh, Queensland, um, we expanded our, our hard sand footprint by about 30,000 square metres to accommodate the additional FCL storage there. We've also recently uh, p- put pen to paper in regards to signing off on a further development approval um, for an additional 12,500 square metres of warehousing, which will be adjoining the current warehouse at the Port of Brisbane, and, and again, some additional hard, hard stand again. So, look, some exciting things happening in Brisbane, and, and that doesn't even involve the additional acquisition um, that we just completed, which I, I will discuss at a later time. And Arthur, that's all port side? Look, it's all on the port. And uh, it's all part of a strategic expansion of the uh, current facility, which is all mapped out. In New South Wales, uh, we've expanded our footprint um, since we last spoke. Uh, 20,000 square metres has now increased up to 60,000 square metres across three sites. And uh, we are currently, whilst opening the third site only in the period of July, we are now looking for a fourth site um, in Western Sydney in the Eastern Creek area, which hopefully I'll be able to announce uh, at the beginning of August. So that'll take our footprint up to about seventy-five to 80,000 square metres, which is by far the largest containerised logistics um, footprint um, that's related to port logistics in the containerised space. Uh, in Victoria... Um, Last year in October, we opened up the Altona facility, which was uh, an exciting time for the business, um, expanding off the port. And we have just uh, approved a development um, to expand that space by a further 18,000 square metres of of footprint. We're also um, looking to expand into another strategic part of Victoria. I can't divulge that at the moment, but um, the team are, are working hard behind the scenes in regards to uh, expanding some footprint there. Uh, also on the port, uh, we've got some uh, development approvals going through at the moment um, with the Port of Melbourne in regards to uh, expanding our rail facility. So that means um, lengthening the rail length um, for our regional uh, exporters uh, and also some additional hard stand, which will increase the size of the facility, uh, which is um, very exciting for us in Melbourne. In South Australia, we're, we're currently very close to signing a, an additional warehouse area of 10,000 square metres uh, in Adelaide, in addition to uh, looking for a longer-term footprint of expanding our, our facilities and services in the state of um, South Australia, which is very exciting for our business because South Australia has traditionally been known as a lower-volume state. And yes, it has its peaks and troughs, but um, we're very, very buoyant in our views of that market and what our capability is to service that market as well. In Western Australia, um, we've expanded our our temporary um, hard stand footprint on the port um, by approximately another 18,000 square metres, um, which will see us through this peak season and support our customers through this peak season. But more importantly, uh, we're looking at the strategic footprint off the port. Um, Again, we're very close to signing a very large property footprint off the port. But again, I'm not available to divulge um, that information at this point in time. In regards to equipment, we've kept a program going, uh, and that program is 
the continuing order of higher productivity vehicle trailing sets from from our preferred supplier in Vaudry Trailers, which um, is coming out of Victoria, and they just get distributed on a per-month basis depending on where they're required. Adjoining that with the two higher productivity vehicle sets we have coming out, we've got Daimler providing us two trucks every single month as well. And, and that's not to say we can't increase those orders from uh, Vaudry and Daimler, they're just our standing orders and our standing commitment between now and the end of the year. In regards to technology, the technology space uh, for us, this has been the largest IT transformation project we've ever undertaken. Unfortunately, uh, the expenditure on, on this development has already exceeded $5 million to date and, and we still haven't launched. So it, it's been a very important large transformation project for us what it does involve is the um, the introduction of a middleware system called MuleSoft, um, and Salesforce uh, is the front end system where the customers will have the visibility. We actually built this system from the ground up in regards to uh, what it can do, its connectivity into other systems, and the visibility that it will provide customers is absolutely crucial for them to reduce their costs take out all the data entry um, that they currently undertake. And in due course, um, very importantly, we're looking at implementing an Uber-style tracking system. So the customers at all times will be able to track their containers, um, whether they're in, in our facility and or being delivered on the truck. They'll be able to see it in live information. In real time. In real time, using live traffic. So... We are really um, advancing technology available uh, in our industry uh, from a containerized perspective and absolutely taking it to, to a new level. And this is something customers have been asking for for some time. And I think historically it's been wishful thinking, uh, but we are bringing it to life. Sounds like some really exciting times for ACFS. It does. There's so many different aspects of the business um, that we're developing at the moment. We're not a business that sits still. And we are excited by the the developments, uh, the innovation that we're undertaking at the moment. Arthur, you touched on the expansion, particularly in the warehousing. Why do you think that's taken off within ACFS at the moment? In summary, I, I believe that the, the reason um, warehousing has taken off is because the business models have changed by our customers. I spoke about just-in-time cargo earlier. They used to hold their inventory um, overseas in what was probably a traditionally uh, a lower-cost market. But as I said, it's it's been flipped on its head. Customers um, want to hold the stock here in Australia where they know it's here, not at the risk of shipping delays, where they know that it's available and in stock. One risk they don't have with ACFS is having the stock available when they need it. So if it's in our warehouses, they can see it through our systems. They can see what they need to do. They see how much they've got available. And we dispatch as required um, you know, in every state. So giving them the, the option of that and you know, of, of that delivery. Also, uh, what we are seeing is that uh, demand is exceeding supply. Yep. Uh, so I think that's a very important factor of ACFS continually growing our warehousing footprint to support our customers. Arthur, with so many projects on the go at one time, investment must be running high. Does it ever worry you that your investment won't get you a return or worse still not required? Yeah, look, uh, absolutely. 
Back to the sleepless nights. Back to the sleepless <laughs> nights. It, it, it's exactly um, you know the way it is. Our, our business is, is very investment, high capital intensive. You know, every every truck that we purchase, you're looking at two hundred and fifty thousand. Every high productivity vehicle set that we purchase is one hundred and seventy thousand per set. Every warehouse that we commit to, you're looking at bank guarantees. You're looking at a a sunken cost in regards to rental um, on a per month basis. We have to be confident that our investment one is required, and and two that our business can support it in regards to to volumes. Most importantly, our service has to be at a high level to support that investment and. At this point in time, I've never been happier as a CEO of ACFS that our service level is getting not only where it needs to be, but it is now starting to exceed our customers' expectations, which is allowing us to make these investments. We absolutely have the support of our loyal customer base. Well, let's just touch on that. What's the feedback been like from your, from your customers? Our customers have found us to be very supportive during a very difficult time, not only you know through our customer service. Um, but just through the the effort and the willingness of our of our management and staff to to deliver outcomes, and, and I think ACFS what separates us apart is how quickly and agile we've been in regards to delivering those solutions and or and or solutions to whether they are short term problems, medium and or long term issues. Is we have been able to resolve those and. You know, a mantra that we have within our business is a can-do attitude. Yep. And very importantly, um, going back to the people factor, ACFS is is very focused on employing good people before we start employing skill set. And, and at the top of that agenda is a can-do attitude. Touching on people, one thing I have noticed, uh, particularly across social media, there's an example. We had an employee celebrating, I think it was 50 years recently. Uh, there seems to be more of a focus on your people and staff of late? There's always been a, f- a focus on people, but it's interesting that you've acknowledged it and and noticed that ACFS has really uh, increased its focus on people. We need to celebrate these important milestones, um, you know, and, and we did so with a 50-year milestone of an employee. We also need to celebrate the staff who work tirelessly for our business. Um, you know, management especially. Uh, I can't tell you how how tough I am on on my direct reports and, and even you know divisional managers uh, that I contact them at all hours of the day, the night, the weekends, and expect a timely response, regardless of what's going on outside of work. But our staff, they they get paid a salary. The expectation is that they put in a, a good week, a, a hardworking week. But during the COVID period um, and you know what has been an extended peak season, we've just been asking more than what is generally required, um, and that is to keep cargo moving. So um, we've been uh, looking at different things. We've we've introduced um, bonus systems, um, random bonus systems that weren't part of their contracts. We've we've given um, divisional managers and um, senior executives. Um, uh, an additional week to take off before peak season to refresh themselves um, before peak season. Company paid without without um, reducing that from their from their own leave. Um, we've also implemented some health and well being 
initiatives um, through a partner of ours in Work Active, you know, for the for the well-being of our employees, uh, which is very important as well. So we're going right across the board thinking, you know, this is more than just a job um, for some of these people. Um, we want them to be here for as long as possible. And we recognise talent is not easy to find. So we want to make sure we look after the talent that works for ACFS. Talking of talent and something a little bit closer to home, uh, recently Terry Zaneros, the chair of ACFS, was recognised and inducted into the Industry Hall of Fame. How did he react to the news? One, he was surprised because uh, he, he wasn't aware of it. Um, but in, in short, I think he was very humbled. Um, he's never been recognised within industry circles. And what a lot of people don't realise is how much work he actually does for industry. From a personal level, uh, I, I see it, um, I feel it, and sometimes I feel that he spends more time looking after industry than what he does looking after his related businesses. So to be recognised um, by industry uh, is a nice touch. It's just acknowledging that they do recognise that he does care for the industry beyond his business interests. And I think it's an honour bestowed on him that I, I think is, as I said, he is very humbled, but I, I think he's honoured. Oh, it's great to hear. Now, Arthur, you did touch on it earlier, St Mary's. I believe it's not far away from completion. Do you mind giving us a brief update? The St Mary's development is, isn't far away. Uh, we're, we're talking now in, in July, so to be ready by the end of August, first week of September, subject to uh, current rainfall, which we've had uh, an unseasonal uh, amount of rain come in. Uh, we will continue to provide industry updates leading up to the opening of, of St Mary's. Uh, whilst we've had a lot of expansion projects, this is probably our largest and most exciting expansion for some time, with 70% of, of our import cargo landing within 15 kilometres of St Mary's. Uh, this will change not only the landscape for ACFS, but the industry as a whole. And we not only expect to support our, our current customers, but we also welcome new customers to the intermodal when we open. Now, Arthur, I understand that ACFS are currently in their enterprise agreement negotiations. Do you care to give a, a, an update on that? Sure. Enterprise agreement negotiations come around every three years and... Um, it's, a, it's an interesting time for, for management and the employees. And, um, you know, three years ago, we, we had a very, very difficult negotiation process bringing 18 uh, different awards agreements uh, in, into the one national agreement. Since then, you know, we do now have that one agreement. We have engaged with the Transport Workers Union and the uh, delegates around the country. And uh, whilst that process <coughs> is in the very early stages, I can say that one one thing I have noticed and I think has been acknowledged by the delegates um, and even the union is that the, the working relationship um, between ACFS uh, and its employees is fairly strong. So whilst um, negotiations at times can be uncomfortable, um, you know, the, the, the fact is we have to recognise that we're, we're on the same team and you know, it's it's ACFS employees, whether it's management, white collar, blue collar, we're all on the same team, I guess, competing and servicing our customers, competing against other transport companies and, and servicing our customers. So 
I think we're in a fairly strong position. Um, one thing I will say is that um, the employees do get better outcomes after every round of negotiations, uh, and that's just a fact of life, and, and, and that's something as an employer I am prepared to accept. But most relevant, and, and this is most relevant, is that we need to ensure that we maintain, whilst we are a market leader in pay rates, we need to stay competitive. And I don't think the the union and all the delegates have lost sight of that. And, you know, I haven't lost sight of of, of looking after our most important asset either. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And I, I say that carefully, that I am looking forward to working closer uh, with the union and the delegates for a mutually beneficial outcome. Well, that sounds positive. Well, it's only positive when you get that agreement signed. (laughs) Now, look, recently I did see reports of a new business acquisition in Queensland. Uh, Do you mind sharing a bit about that and what was the reasoning behind it? The acquisition in Queensland was strategically very important for us. Um, I've mentioned earlier that um, in the warehousing space that demand is exceeding supply. And the IPS business, uh, in summary, was was probably a business that was underperforming. Um, and there, there's probably no real industry secrets in that. But they have 54,000 square metres of warehousing on the port, which is very sought after. They are also into servicing the cotton industry, um, which is an area that ACFS have not historically played in. And they've also got an area of about 16,000 square metres of additional hard stand for FCL. The sites up in Brisbane um, are adjoining the ACFS facilities also. So strategically, it gives us strategic footprints that is adjoining our site Whilst we are not looking to, uh, we are hoping uh, for all those staff that were formerly IPS will be joining the ACFS family on the 19th of July. So we we plan on keeping all the employees and and we're just hoping to to develop on that. So with an industry that is growing fairly strong in regards to volumes through the ports, uh, I guess we're front-ending our investment into future port growth and making sure that we've got a our footprint on the port is is there and available for our customers, both the former IPS customers and also the ACFS customers, as they call upon it. The demand is absolutely there in regards to storage. So whatever shortfalls there was in capacity, we will fill with our customers. Arthur, another new exciting development within ACFS is the project division uh, with a core focus on renewables and in particular solar. Can you talk us through that? We have opened um, a, a projects division um, centrally uh, located out of Brisbane to service the entire country from a customer service management level whilst having the capability in every state around Australia. Our focus on renewable, especially solar, is is following the surge in volumes, containerized volumes of of solar panels um, being imported uh, into Australia to to create solar farms. Uh, these locations vary from state to state, but they are, they're all regional, usually hundreds and hundreds of kilometres away. And we're using our, our service offering via road and or rail with our partners to service these projects. Uh, it's a very exciting uh, growth path for ACFS is to, to get into this space and um, one that we're really supporting our, our aligned service partners, freight forwarders, into the future. 
once again, being a, a leader when it comes to uh, new ideas, particularly with a sustainable footprint? Sustainable footprint's very important. Uh, everything we're doing now, whether it's uh, acquiring trucks, Euro 6, whether it's the uh, development of new warehouses with, with renewable energy to drive those warehouses, or whether it's the service offering to the industry itself, we are hoping to play a far more relevant role going forward. Now, Arthur, I think I know the answer to my next question, but are there any more acquisitions on the horizon? We've always got two or three uh, working in train in the background, and, and they don't always come to completion. We've signed a number of heads of agreements where you know the, the owners have, have either gotten cold feet or second thoughts or or something along those lines. So the trials and tribulations that come with the M&A space are always there. But having said that, ACFS is an acquisitive type company. Importantly, we like to grow organically, but we do have a focus on this area of our business and someone that works on it full time, looking at opportunities. And you know, if there are companies out there looking to be acquired, uh, we would welcome uh, any approach. Well, the future certainly looks bright for ACFS, its employees, and its customers. We're trying our best uh, in in regards to, I I guess, with everybody. And we break up our our staff, our clients into different categories. Um, Our staff, we're doing our best to look after them in so many different ways, as I've mentioned. Um, Our customers, we hope to be a, a supporting pillar for our customers, and we hope to evolve as they evolve because we are in an industry that is forever evolving. I can say that this industry has evolved more in the last few years than what it has in the last 10. And the expectation is that that will continue to be so the case in the next two to three years. And importantly, we need to play a part in being a leader. And ACFS, one thing we do discuss internally is why are we different? And coming up with initiatives, strategies, to, to continue that evolution and to offer a better product to our customers is at the forefront of our mind. And before we let you go, Arthur, are there any final words for the industry, clients, and more importantly, the staff? We're coming up to a, a very testing period uh, being peak season. I would kindly ask everybody to be patient because we are going to be tested in so many different ways. Um, I've discussed a few of those throughout today, but we are going to be tested whether it's large volumes, whether it's industrial disputes, whether it's you know staff working long, long hours, everyone is going to be tested in a very difficult environment. And I, I think this, this could be the most turbulent peak season we have experienced yet in the industry. And I think it's important for everyone just to take a breath, uh, support each other, what will be um, some very interesting times. Well, Arthur, a comprehensive update. We thank you once again for your time. You've been listening to Let's Talk Logistics. Thank you.